This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Hey, it's Glenn, and I want to remind you, peace of mind is tough to come by these days unless you have a Liberty Safe. With a Liberty Safe, you won't worry when you leave the house because you'll know your valuables are protected. And right now, you can get free delivery to your home on any Liberty Safe. Go to LibertySafe.com for factory direct pricing. LibertySafe.com, made in the USA, lifetime warranty, and peace of mind. LibertySafe.com. Everything we think of as quintessential America uh, died 15 years ago yesterday. But quintessential America, as I define it, was rebirthed 15 years ago today. Today is the anniversary of 9-12, the 9-12 project, a, a date which all of us who lived at that time remember For maybe as long as a month, we were better people. We begin there right now. The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn. In some ways, it seems like yesterday. In some ways, it seems like 10 lifetimes ago. It was in the morning. I was just about to jump into the shower, as at that time I worked afternoons on WFLA in Tampa, Florida. And my big, huge box television, the Sony Trinitron, was on really loud in my in my house in Valrico, Florida. And I was in the bathroom, and I heard the Today Show say, and it looks like a small plane has hit one of the Twin Towers. And I came out in my boxers and my toothbrush, and I said out loud as if Katie Couric was somehow or another going to hear me, that's not the whole of a small plane. I quickly jumped into the shower because I knew whatever it was that we had planned to do that day was about to change. But I thought this plane thing will probably change today and the news cycle will, it'll be out of the news in a couple of days. I jumped into the shower and I got out and I'm listening and I hear a second plane hit. And I called Stu, my producer at the time, and I said, Stu, we're at war. We need to get to the studios. And as I drove in, now with unnoticed mismatched socks and wet hair, we heard the towers collapse. I stepped on the gas, and I thought to myself, who? Who would want to kill? How many people are in there? 30,000? 100,000? It's two vertical cities. Who would want to kill 50,000 people? For what reason? What have we done? 
Who are these people? I had forgotten that in 98 or 99, I was on the air at WABC in New York City. And out of frustration one night and anger, I warned the audience that within a decade, Osama bin Laden would act on his promise of death and there would be blood, bodies, and buildings in the streets of New York because we were so focused on left and right politics that you can't even see the truth right in front of you. What I had talked about earlier in that hour in 99 was Osama bin Laden's promise in the 90s, to do to the U.S. what was done to the former Soviet Union, and that was divide, demoralize, and collapse it from within and exert pressure from without. That day in 1999, when I was on the air, my conservative audience was angry with me because I was defending Bill Clinton's airstrike on the aspirin factory. You remember that? The aspirin factory was bombed and everybody was saying, he's just trying to do this to get his name out of the headlines because of the Monica Lewinsky thing. And all you're trying to do is excuse him. All you're trying to do is, is help the, uh, the Democrats win in the next election. And I was like, no, will you please listen to the words of Osama bin Laden? I didn't even know who this guy was until we bombed the aspirin factory. And then I went and I read his words and I'm like, oh my gosh, yes, we should kill this guy. And the president's detractors at the time, I mean, they were saying that Bill Clinton would only do this to distract us from his sex and perjury scandal. And it didn't take a vast right wing conspiracy to believe he would do that because he had so soiled himself, if you will. The Clintons had done enough to increase the fog of the partisan war that you could no longer see anything. Most of what I heard that day was that nobody knows who Osama bin Laden is. This guy's a nobody. And we're the United States of effing America. Like that guy in a cave is going to do something to us. You're just trying to get uh, uh, Al Gore elected. You're just trying to excuse Bill Clinton. You're just whipping up fear to help the Democrats win the next election. Boy, some things never change. The fog of partisan war. George Washington warned us about it. It stopped us from seeing the attack that would come just a couple of years later. Back on September 11th, 2001, I didn't remember that episode of my talk show on ABC. It wasn't until Osama bin Laden was mentioned as the mastermind day later, days later that Stu and I looked at each other and went, wasn't that the guy we talked about at ABC? Once I heard that, I knew our life was going to change for a while. But we would make it if we could just stay together and stay awake. But I knew somehow or another this was going to be harder to solve than 
with war. It was bigger than just killing those in caves who were responsible. I think all of us knew somewhere inside, this is going to change everything. And it did. Our kids don't even know the America that we knew. They don't remember how free we really were, how secure we actually felt, how innocent and ignorant we were able to easily remain, how much we trusted each other and how much we trusted our government, how much we thought all that stuff never happened. Our kids will never understand that. They will never see it because the world won't go back to that. In a time where we would have never put up with someone telling us that they were going to search us so we could get onto an airplane, in that time, Snowden was a child. But if he were an adult and he would have done what he did back then, if he would have exposed the government for spying and eavesdropping on American citizens, we would have been outraged by his revelations, and I think we would have declared him a hero. But as I typed out these thoughts the other day, (laughs) the world has changed so much, I I used my fingerprint that I gladly gave to Apple (laughs) to type it out. I remember the days following the strike. The skies were so quiet there wasn't a plane in the sky except I lived by McDill Air Force Base. And I remember the stealth taking off. We didn't know that the government was flying the Saudis out and the bin Laden family out of the country. We just assumed that any plane we did here was a fighter protecting us. I remember watching Congress holding hands and singing hymns together. And I remember foolishly thinking, wow, we're all alike. We all believe the same things. Look at us. We all want, we all believe that this is the greatest country in the world, that our Constitution is worth defending. So much since 9-11 has been lost. But little did I know that our faith in each other, our faith in the basic ties to one another would be the hardest and the last domino to fall. The idea that we we all didn't love America, that we all didn't think the Constitution was inspired and sacred, I thought we all knew that the combination, it was the combination of business and government and money that was bad. Not wealth itself, not the rich themselves, not even the political system, but the combination of all of those things, business and government and greed. I really didn't think we saw color anymore. And I know we didn't on 9 9-11. 9-11 was the hardest day as a citizen I had had up until that point. But the next day, 9-12, and perhaps as long as a month after that, were the proudest days to be an American citizen. Because for a short while, 
none of us cared about doing well. We all cared about doing good. Tanya and I flew to New York as soon as the planes were flying again. And I remember flying in over the city at night. It was completely dark. Only the body recovery effort was lit. Only Ground Zero itself. There were about five passengers on the plane. All of them were going to Ground Zero. And we all felt silent as we approached. The next morning I stood in the still smoldering rubble. It took me a decade before I stopped smelling that smell. If I smelled it again, I would tell you what it was. But up until just a few years ago, thank God, it went away. I could still smell it. I'll never forget the first time I saw military Humvees and automatic weapons in the streets of New York. The island of Manhattan with a chain-link fence. And where there wasn't a chain-link fence, it was a fence of men in blue that you couldn't get past. I didn't know what to say to America in those days. I remember praying the week of 9-11, just days before I went national, and I said, Lord, you have the wrong guy. I, I, I didn't take my life seriously. I didn't take the country seriously. I, I'm, a, I'm a jokester. I'm a joke. I'm a rodeo clown. You have the wrong guy. I don't know what to say. I remember grasping for words on 9-11. People listening, saying, what does it mean? And I said, I don't know what it means. But I promise you I will do my job to figure it out. And I will tell you the truth. We're in this together. I really thought for a long time that we would be able to go back to our bliss of ignorance. That when I said we could go back to the way we lived before, that we could all just go back to our jobs and, and our family and go back to that place to where we didn't care about anything. We, didn't, we weren't paying attention to anything. We didn't have to. They would take care of that in Washington. But it was our bliss that got us to 9-11. And it's our collective hardship that got us to 9-12. What did the terrorists do to us 15 years ago that, that changed? They didn't take down our economy like they hoped. They did much, much more, and they used a weapon of mass destruction much more powerful than airplanes. They used us. They used our ignorance, our corruption, our political greed, our arrogance, our apathy. They used our two-party system. They used our religious differences, our lifestyle differences, to crush our foundation and to crush one another. And it is, it's working because as we found on 9-11, even steel under enough intense pressure and heat buckles and fails. And our bonds are no different. But we also learned on 9-12, or 9-11, over a field in Pennsylvania, it only takes a couple of people who think they have absolutely no power to change the course. 
Yesterday on 9-11, I prayed almost the same prayer. Lord, you have the wrong guy. I don't know what words. I have no words to help. And the words that I do speak seem to make more trouble because too often they're not your words. Let me begin again. Let us all begin again. It is the anniversary of September 12th. Anyone who is old enough to recognize it recognizes it as one of the greatest days to ever be an American. Let's reflect on that today. The last time you purchased your mattress, you were also paying for things you didn't know. You're paying for the showroom, you're paying for the guy's salary who helped you, the commissions, and the reseller's profit. Casper Mattress has changed all of that. They sell directly to you. That's why the most comfortable mattress you have ever slept on is going to save you a ton of money. Cost you much less than the mattress you bought years ago. Casper was invented with two high-tech foams that guarantee that you sleep cool and comfortable with the support that you need. Also, Time Magazine, because of this, named it one of the best inventions of 2015. And your Casper mattress ships free and is delivered in a small, really, honestly, how did they do that kind of box? Tanya and I have a Casper mattress, and we love it. Try one in your own home for 100 nights, risk-free. If you don't love it, they're going to pick it up and refund every single penny. And right now, you can get $50 off of the purchase of any mattress by visiting casper.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn at checkout. Terms and conditions do apply. Casper.com slash Glenn. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Yeah, I... We have to um, uh, I, we have to get into uh, Hillary Clinton and her passing out uh, yesterday. Oh, oh. That was one that of the was worst staggering, things. staggering. I, you know, I I've not been on this bandwagon about her health. I mean, we've talked about it a few times. We wondered, we thought, okay, may, yeah, there might be something wrong with her. Yesterday, it it was gasp worthy. Oh my gosh, it was like it was what? weekend at Bernie's. It was. It was weekend at Bernie's. They had to carry her into that van. Oh, yeah. First of all, she left the 9-11 service early because she was obviously ill. While she's waiting for the van, for the van to pull up and, and her to get in it, one of her aides is she's leaning up. against a post, and the aide is holding her up, yeah. and her knees start to buckle as she's being held up. And when she starts to walk, she goes down. And fortunately, no, you bad, know, security picks her up. Not really even there. I mean, she's almost... The crew around her has She would have face-planted. The crew around her has done it before. Yes. I mean, they circled the They're ready to the hold her up and take her into the van. So, Something. Did anybody notice Did anybody notice that she was wearing the these blue glasses yesterday? No. Okay, so she came out, and I saw her early in the day, and she came out, and she was wearing blue glasses. And I thought, I mean, what do you... Because I think you were trying to be really hip no, it was a cool. Fashion. I mean, it was a fashion thing. And I thought, wow, she actually looks kind of hip. She's wearing the blue outfit, yeah. blah, blah, blah. So I read online, and I don't know if any of this is true. I'm wondering if anybody has ever heard this. There are special anti-seizure glasses. And I'm interested because my daughter has seizures. And if that... That's what it looked like. Would it help. Like a seizure. It was, yeah. It, um, these, the blue tint, I guess, is a anti-seizure lens. And the, this article that I read, and again, 
I didn't recognize the source, so I don't know. But they had the picture of her two days ago in the jet, remember? Mm-hmm. And she was wearing the same glasses that she had the prism glass in. And so they were saying, you know, is it possible that she's got a seizure disorder? I think it, it, almost anything's possible at this point. Why would they come out? Why would they not say don't know. she had pneumonia? It's not a problem if you're sick and you have pneumonia. Right. We all get pneumonia. Hey, why would you... You don't have to die from that if you're fairly... Right, and why would you be around people if you have pneumonia? Yeah. Really, it's... Something's not right. Back to The Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. Let me go to uh, Mark in uh, Louisville. Hello, Mark. Welcome to the Glenbeck Program. Hello, Mark. Yes. Yes, go ahead. Hey, Glenn. Um, yes, how are you? First, let me let me, uh, let me me uh, call to say, I mean, let me say I'm up here to apologize and to uh, thank you. Uh, I want to apologize because I haven't listened to the show in about a month. Um, the, the, the house flooded. Uh, about a month ago, and uh, we're down here in Denham Springs, and uh, we're all trying to uh, to pull Holy back cow. together. But to thank you, because as I was sitting there last night thinking about what I had ahead of me today, I remembered, um, you know, with, with everything with 9-11, what I remembered was you talking about 9-12 and um, the day of recovery, the day that we all came back, the day that uh, everybody pulled together. Now, it happened a little earlier down here. It happened after the flood. Um, when friends took me in, when friends took my family in, when churches pulled together and, uh, and, and fed people and pulled sheetrock from house and, you know, those, those type of things. We, we saw the churches and the communities pull together down here. We didn't see the government, but we saw the churches pull together um, and, the, and the communities. We saw God pull us out of all of this. And this morning, as I was dropping my kids off to school for the first time uh, in a month, and my wife went back to school, and, uh, um, and today I am sitting in a Home Depot parking lot to buy a new water heater, but getting ready to head out and see accounts myself. Um, I'm reminded of the, the, the courage of 912, uh, and this is the anniversary that I'm celebrating today, that day of remembrance um, when the world pulled back together. And for me today, the world is pulling back together. And uh, so, again, I apologize for not listening to the show for the last month. I think you had some things uh, on your mind. I'm back, buddy, and uh, I wanted to say thank you for your words of encouragement this morning. Mark, I can't thank you enough. That is, that's fantastic. uh, Our prayers and the prayers of the nation have been with you guys um, through everything that is happening. It is, um, it's remarkable um, how little uh, the world seems to have paid attention to this because we're so distracted in our uh, fog of, partisan politics right now, but um, there are millions praying, and I know thousands uh, that have gone down to volunteer. So we're glad you're safe, Mark. Thank you so much. Thank you, Glenn. You bet. It, you know, 9-12, uh, 
uh, is the better day to remember, I think, than 9-11. We have to mark the day of 9-11, but, but 9-12 is really who we are. Should we choose if we don't lose that? You know, we've kind of fallen into uh, the anger of everything, and our world has become so bizarre Pat said during the break. No, I'm sorry. I don't want to give it to Pat. Jeffy said during the break. And, the, you know, the big news is it's everywhere. Clinton's body double. It's everywhere. It's it's everywhere. No, it's not, Jeffy. No, it's not everywhere. It's you everywhere the, on any website that is the You saw the photo evidence. Deny it now. I'm denying it. Uh, the, How are you wrong? The, the body double of Hillary Clinton uh, uh, that she came out of Chelsea's apartment and they... they they have a body double. Now, I did see the documentary called Dave, mm-hmm. so I know this can happen. But I'm pretty sure that in the movie Dave documentary, um, it was the same guy as both the mean president and the good president. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, don't I think it was an actor. Well, uh, I think it was an actor. So uh, um, you're going to see a lot of stuff. And Pat just pulled up some pictures after Jeffy said that. <laughs> and I said, I just want to point out, look at the Twitter handle. It's alt-right. Yeah, of course. I mean, you know, if you want to get your documentary proof and your photographic proof, proof from the Klan and the Nazis, go ahead. And the alt-right has been providing cover to the media for not actually looking at this issue seriously. Because they yes. keep tweeting pictures of, of body doubles right. and fake seizures and things. That's what will lead the news. Right, and that will, they will say, well, look at all these fake things from the alt-right. At this point, though, you have to acknowledge that this is a legitimate campaign issue. Beyond yes. the fact that it's obviously yes. a legitimate health issue for her. Um, See, and I think the, have the press be. seems to be, you it, know, It didn't now have to be. These guys, there is so, they, they are incapable of telling the truth. Right. Yeah, just admit right. something's wrong. I mean, yeah. we can deal with that if we know right. what you're, you know. If, if she if had, see, this is walking pneumonia, tell us. Right. Right. America will pray for you. It'll be fine. I, mean, I don't if know. If you also have boogie-woogie flu, maybe we're, that's a little too far for us to take. But at wow. least tell us about wow. the walking pneumonia. Wow. And the boogie-woogie <laughs> flu. I don't. <laughs> right? Wow. You're, you're, it's good for you not to know. Okay, that. good. It's okay. Good for you not to know that. <laughs> um, <laughs> the point here, though, is if it was not for that video. Johnny we, Rivers right now is like, can I get payment on Right? It? Yeah. I, I, yes. Go ahead. And it's sure. about time. Yes. <laughs> If it was not for that video, we would all still be told she was overheating. Yes. Correct. There would be no pneumonia right. talk yeah. whatsoever. They had to do the pneumonia thing because we all saw her collapse. And so I don't know. It, it, look, I mean, here's what happened yesterday. <laughs> I posted this, up, uh, posted this up last night. I just Let's just go through it. She's fine. There's nothing. She overheated and had to go early. You're, you're a sexist. You're a conspiracy freak. Oh, uh, yes, she does have ammonia, pneumonia, but she's fine. Wait, wait. That all happened in a space of like two hours. Yeah, They're pretty close. All you have to do is say she has pneumonia. On Friday, when her doctor supposedly said she has pneumonia, why they wouldn't say that? Yeah. What, what is the problem? People get pneumonia, especially people well, who get a cold, get sick, and then just keep pushing through it. That's how you get it. Just from a campaign politics perspective, it's an interesting thing to watch because I think there's an argument to be made that people alt-right conspiracy theorists 
hurt this as a legitimate issue yes. by bringing it up and posting stuff that's not real to say that she's really sick. However, probably the reason why they didn't say she had pneumonia is because they were worried about the controversy that was made up from the conspiracy theorists earlier. So they didn't want to play into that. So they didn't say anything right. about it. This is one if of the reasons we begged people not to buy in to the birther stuff with Obama. There was yes. so much real. There were so many real issues. We didn't need to go down that it's road. Like, and it like, wasn't true. It's like Jill Stein. Jill Stein comes out this weekend and Jill Stein says, uh, we need to open up the 9-11 commission because there's something wrong. And the Bush administration was covering stuff. Okay. I agree with the the administrations have covered up oh, yeah. things on 9-11. We didn't bomb 9-11. She's a 9-11 truther that we did it. The connections that you're looking she for... Admit that, though, does she? No, uh-uh. Sure. But the connections that you're looking for are the connections of Saudi Arabia. And that's what makes that whole thing stink. Mm-hmm. And, and what did Sandy Berger go in and do? He took things out from the Clintons and from the Bush administration. We know that he took papers for both sides. Smuggling classified documents right. out of the archives in his underwear, and nobody, including George W. Bush, did anything, anything. about it. So what was that? Uh, we're going to take away your clearance for a little while. How you like that? Well, I don't care. I'm out of the administration anyway. What do I care? I mean, what a weird response that was from a Republican president right. who did nothing. Was- and it was because of the, the Saudis. I, I'm convinced it's the Saudi uh, yep. influence. When you have that much Saudi stuff in the in the 9/11 Commission report that has been redacted, the best thing that can happen is total transparency. It's been 15 years. Open it up. And there was there was some talk be, right? uh, like a year ago, or maybe even a little less, about opening it up. It won't and, because and the people won't. Remember Saudi Arabia's response to that? They threatened us with. What was it? Does anybody remember how they threatened us? If you do that, we'll... I, I don't even remember, but it was... I mean, they are serious about us not opening that up. Yeah. Well, and, and there's that... Why? Why? Because, why? why there's nothing think? to hide. Well, there obviously, is a lot, a to, lot hide. to hide. There's a lot to hide. Yeah. Um, there was a uh, bill that passed on, uh, on Friday, I believe it was, um, that... Yeah. Allow that would allow citizens to sue the Saudi government over 9/11, um, and it passed unanimously in the Senate and overwhelmingly in the House. Um, they expect Obama to veto it. I don't know if he's done it already, um, but then they expect to have the votes to override the veto um, because. And, and Obama is saying, "Well, uh, a Saudi, uh, the Saudis are, are now get saying the documentation. The government know. keeps documentation." Whistleblowers are silenced, and documentation is never released. Never released. Never well, released. There's never going to be any proof. And never going to. You're not, where are you going to get the proof? I mean, look, this is the problem. You, you are going to, and, and this, I did a segment or a show on this very topic when I was at CNN and said, look, we're entering a time where you're going to see people who don't believe we even went to the moon skyrocket. Because the government, and this is under George W. Bush, is keeping too many things secret. And when they don't look right and you won't come out with what the truth is, that feeds the imagination. And it becomes much, much worse. If Hillary Clinton really did have pneumonia, well, she, she knew that at the beginning of the week. When she was Friday. in Cleveland, what, no, and when she was in Cleveland and that cough, 
She said it was allergies. Was it allergies or was she getting sick? Now, on Friday, they say, well, her allergies led to pneumonia. Have you ever heard of allergies leading to pneumonia? Is that even possible? Does anybody know? I'm sure it can, but really? Or, or they just did misdiagnose it as allergies. Right. So, you know, so, potentially. so I mean, she, we, we, when she was coughing in, in uh, Cleveland, that is explained now by the uh, pneumonia. But that doesn't explain why she, she seems to have this a lot. Is she not able to get past pneumonia? I mean, and, I, and for a long time. I, I mean, said, I said, and I think this is going to be the best thing for the Clinton campaign for the Democrats. For the Democrats, Democratic voters that don't want to vote for Hillary Clinton and don't want to vote for Donald Trump and are holding their nose for Hillary Clinton. I'm telling you right now, I think a vote for Hillary Clinton is a vote for Kane because she, she's not healthy. There's something wrong. She's not healthy. Now, let's remember, she won't be our first woman president. Our first woman president was actually Woodrow Wilson's wife. Oh, yeah. She ran, she ran the White House and the country and forged his signature. He wasn't able to communicate. He wasn't able to hold a pen. And she took her hand over his, put the, hand, put the pen in his hand, and then she just wrote his name. Like, that somehow or another made it better. <laughs> two years. So um, it wasn't for two weeks. Was it, no, I thought it was every year. Is it two years? It's almost two years. Yeah. And finally, and, and you want to talk about conspiracy theories. They all thought he was dead. The Congress thought he was dead. Show him to me. And she propped him up in the uh, blue room or uh, the ballroom and propped him up and drilled him. He had had a massive stroke, drilled him, say these things. Then she conducted the conversation, sat next to him, and he was just like, God, uh, shoes. <laughs> and he knew what to say, and she would say, honey, they're asking you about such and such. It's going really, really well. He had no idea what he was even doing. She was running the country, and they threatened her and said, we will expose it because she was saying, He's going to run for a third term. And they said, no, he's not. You're, you're bowing out right now. So why, if she's this sick, first of all, why would she run? If she's this sick, why would she run? Right. And, and of course, her answer to that would be that she's I'm not. not this sick. Right. Um, by the way, her... Well, I, that's a serious question, though. I mean, right. if she th- is. Th- that, asks, that asks, she can't be this sick. Because if she would be this sick, why would you run? Well, I mean, power, people I guess. power quite a bit. I guess. By the way, her campaign is saying now that uh, she is not the only person on the campaign that's been sick from this and that it's been being passed around the campaign, which... It's good that she stopped and talked to, you know, little kids. I'm telling you, a vote for Hillary Clinton mm-hmm. is a vote for Kane. I'm just <laughs> telling you. Uh, now, uh, Casper, the most comfortable mattress you will ever sleep on. And now, because we like to pamper our dogs... They have a new dog mattress that is designed with exactly the same brilliant engineering team behind all the Casper Sleep products. Universally comfortable sleep service for our four-legged friends. Ella is, Ella has a really bad back, really. She's in pain all the time. And I'll lose another one soon. Casper um, created a sleep environment that caters to dogs now. Combines the pressure-relieving memory foam and durable support uh, to create a bed that loves your dog's back and your dog's back will love it. 
Um, so easy to clean, machine washable cover, hidden zippers, keeps its shape. Plus, you can have the same mattress. The dog has the same mattress you have. You have the same mattress. You can both give your back a great night's sleep on Casper. Just like you, you want to try the dog mattress? Try it for 100 nights, free shipping, free returns with your Casper mattress. Your Casper will get you the best night's sleep you've ever had. Use the promo code BECK at Casper.com. Save $50 uh, off the purchase of your mattress. And check out the dog's mattress as well. Casper.com. Promo code is BECK. Casper.com. Terms and conditions do apply. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. This is the Glenn Beck Program. And go to Rob in North Carolina. Hello, Rob. Hey, how you doing? Good, how are you? All right, Glenn. Hey, I, and I really hate to stick up for Hillary Clinton. I really hate to do this, <laughs> but you were asking why. And um, as far as the pneumonia, well, about, I, I want to say between three and five years ago, I developed from a sinus infection uh, to going to pneumonia with pleurisy. Um, because I didn't think it was pneumonia, and I thought it was just my allergies, then the sinus infection set in. And I didn't get on antibiotics or anything else for a while. It was still working. And, uh, yeah, all of a sudden I got that nice pain in my, my back shoulder. And it was like, it took me, and I'm a strong guy, put me down on the ground where my wife had to take me into the emergency room. Um, so you're saying I mean, this. Even if this, I laughed, this, it, was, it was painful. You're saying this could very well be pneumonia. Because I yeah, think it, it is. So I, I personally think it is. I think there's other things going on. Uh, but I don't know. I, I wonder about the blue glasses. I just looked up the blue glasses. They are from Zeiss, and that is a an anti-seizure glass that she was wearing. At least that's exactly the way the Zeiss glasses look, whether it was or not. Just a fashion statement we don't know. Back in a minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. Hello, America, and welcome to 912. This is the anniversary that I like to mark. Um, we have to remember what happened to us on 9 11, but we also have to remember the very next day we chose to come together and we chose to be good and our highest possible self. A self that honestly I think surprised most Americans. And it was, if you lived through it, you've never felt anything like it. You've never felt it since. Today, 9-12, as we move forward, we begin there right now.
fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Hello, America. Welcome to the program. Today, this is the first time that I, I have not, I'm not really involved in the serials. Uh, you're, the week of serials is, is the 912 Project. Is that right? That's right. I wouldn't say you're not involved in them. Well, I'm, uh, I'm in them. Involved. You asked me in questions. Them. You interviewed yes. me for them. But what, where do you start today, and what is the arc of it? Uh, we start at the beginning, and it's literally what it's called, the beginning. How did this begin? And it's tomorrow, right? The first one is tomorrow. No, we're, no, we're, we're going to do it today it to, because it's airing the 912 project on 913, Mike. <laughs> it's kind of stupid. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, obviously, it's the week of, but yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, I, I want to talk to you a little bit um, today. Um, about, about something that um, happened at my church over the weekend. Uh, my church um, here locally uh, had one of the leaders of our church uh, come out to talk, and it was very, very interesting. He, um, uh, he is the guy who is in charge of, of watching over things like religious freedom. And... Um, he came out and uh, had this talk to about a thousand people. Um, the first one of its kind, and I guess he's going to be going around talking a lot about this, uh, about how f- religious freedom is under attack. And Pat and I were surprised yesterday when we went to church and how many people we heard say, I had no idea. I had no idea that these things were going on. <laughs> and we were like... Mm. How, how, how did you miss that? But I, I think it's because we, we do this for a living and you generally listen to talk radio because you're on it. You're, you're ahead of the curve. And this is why people think that we can be crazy at times because they're not looking at the full picture. It's, honestly, it's like, it's like when I spoke about um, Osama bin Laden in 1999. And uh, we talked about this an hour ago. In 1999, I'm in New York City on the air on WABC. And Stu and I had never heard of Osama bin Laden before. And we looked him up because that was who Bill Clinton was trying to kill with the aspirin factory bombing. And this was reported as he bombed an aspirin factory. And the, the right immediately went to, he's just trying to get his name off of the cover of the newspapers uh, for Monica Lewinsky, which was easy to believe. And quite honestly, uh, uh, made an awful lot of sense. Because the Clintons, just like this pneumonia thing, I think they're incapable of telling the truth. I mean, it would be really easy for them just to come out last week and say, we, she has pneumonia. And she needs to take a few days off because she has pneumonia. If, but, but they have been so quick to jump on this vast conspiracy that it just makes things worse. And because of the fog of, of partisanship wars, we don't see the truth that's right in front of us. And so Stu and I, we look up Osama bin Laden, and I remember we're, we're doing our research. We keep looking at each other going, look what I just found. You'd be like, yeah, that's nothing. Look at this. And we talked about Osama bin Laden and the threats that he made. 
And he said at the time, I will do to America what I did to the Soviet Union. And we both thought, reading that, how arrogant this is. And I don't even think I reported on that because I thought that was just crazy. Because I remember thinking at the time, he didn't collapse the Soviet Union, we did. No, now in retrospect, it was a group effort and he played an instrumental role. And we used him as such, just like Russia is using this war to do these things to us now. And Russia is doing exactly what we did to them. Remember how we were planting all kinds of doubts about their government? Remember how, how we were strengthening some leaders and weakening others, the ones that we wanted, the ones that they didn't, just to collapse them? We were instrumental in that. And back in 1999, I said that on the air, and... Um, Because people didn't have the information that we had had, because we did our homework, because the Clintons had made it so easy to believe in conspiracy theories, um, and because of our arrogance as a nation, nobody believed that Osama bin Laden, a guy who was living in a cave, could do these things to us. And I struck out in anger, and I said... There's going to be blood bodies and buildings in the streets of New York within the next decade. It's going to have Osama bin Laden's name on it. And will you then be willing to fight it? Will you then be willing to admit that this is real? How things just don't change because of the fog of partisan war. I've warned of a time when we were going to be at each other's throats... And that the right would rise up um, with righteous indignation. But someone would take advantage of this and it would be the far right or the far left. And I spoke about the rise of Nazis and, and everything else. And that you would be so angry, righteously, that you would be so angry that you would run to that person or to that group. And it would be imperative for us to stand as a small group, this listener, this group of listeners, and say, don't go there. Don't go there. We're in those times. So the... One of the guys in my church, he spoke this weekend. And he talked about religious liberty and how religious liberty is under attack. And he said there are the, the, there are the big things that aren't happening yet. He said, I'm, I'm more concerned about the small things. Um, the priorities have to be the things that are closest to you, the closer to the family. Do you have a right as a family to teach gospel principles? Do you have a right as a mom and a dad to do these things? Do you have the right as a church? Do you have a right to use church property for these things? 
he went over a lot of um, a lot of stories that are in the news. But he said, we all have to make a choice now. And he wasn't talking about the church. He was talking to us as individuals. We all have to make a choice now whether we stand or whether we don't. Because you'll be, you'll be swept up if you don't make the decision now. And he said something that Pat and I talked about yesterday that Pat said, I'm really having a hard time with this. He said, we have to stand, but we have to love. We have to understand the other side, and we have to compromise. Compromise is essential. Pat Gray had a problem with that message? I mean, it seems like it's like he's a bumper sticker that says almost exactly that. (laughs) Civility was mentioned 84,000 times? (laughs) And you're saying you had an issue with... I'm saying, as I admitted in church yesterday, I don't want to be civil. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I thought of when you... Yes, you may have noticed. I'm struggling with that. You you know what I thought of when you said that yesterday in church? I sat there and I smiled. And and, uh, the first thing that popped into my mind was... You're having a hard time being civil, and that is the reason that this... Everybody feels this way. I do. Everybody feels this way. I'm really having a hard time. I feel like we've been pushed up against the wall. Mm-hmm. I'm really having a hard time going, really? Really? You need me to be civil now. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Um, at, the, at, at, the, at the event that Glenn's talking about, they did this role-playing thing. It was really good. and uh, one, one took the side of... You know, tradition. The other took the side of progressives. And they had this really nice conversation, kind of worked it out at the end and agreed to disagree. Unfortunately, that's never how it goes. That's right. The other side is so vicious and so vitriolic that they they shout you down. Call your names. They call you names. They don't calm down and listen to your point of view. That's not part of the equation. So I would have enjoyed to hear, all right, how do you handle that? Because that's what happens 98% of the time. Well, the problem with our civilization, the reason why, remember, it's Western civilization that's under attack. It's not you. Right. It's not your church. It's, not, it's, it's, it's Western civilization that is under attack. And what is the root of civilization? Civil. Being Civil. To one another. You cannot have civilization without being civil to one another. And that is the ultimate individual's choice. And there isn't anyone that is preaching civility at a national scale in politics. No one. They're not preaching civility and kindness uh, and tolerance, real tolerance, in schools. You're not hearing that. Last week on education, in our, in our series on education, we found out that they're teaching first graders how to be social justice warriors. They're not teaching kids the ABCs. They're teaching them how to be social warriors and to shut other people down. If one side can be shut down, we can all be shut down. It just depends on who's in power. Right now, the left is so afraid that Donald Trump will get into power. 
Why? Because he's a fascist? And right now, the right is so concerned that Hillary Clinton is going to get into power. Why? Because she's a communist? Don't you see? We've put ourselves in this situation to where one side of the country, we are afraid not just of that one person, we're afraid of what their leadership can do to convince the other half of the country, their half of the country, to silence us and to put us away. And by continuing to play the game of the fog of war, by continuing to play the game of incivility, look, I am not the messenger on this. I am the worst messenger on this. No, I'm not. Pat may be the worst messenger on this. (laughs) I know I'm not a great messenger on this. And I'm learning how to do it. And we're all going to fall, but it is another red herring. It is another way to get you to shut up when somebody says, excuse me, aren't you the guy who just said X, Y, or Z? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. I'm trying to be better today. Help me. Help me. I will help you. Let's forget about the past and know that each of us are going to make mistakes because all of society is set up in that direction. But if nobody says, yes, that was me yesterday, and I'm trying to do it today the right way, I just want to make it to bed the right way tonight. Tomorrow I might make another mistake, and I might have to come and ask you for forgiveness again. 70 times 7. But if we don't stand up and say, there can be a change, we can change our ways, you can change, I can change, and we can find our way back to one another, we will have another 9-11, and this time it will be caused by us, and everything will collapse. It's interesting that the day after the election, we are being promised right now by both sides that they will never forget and they will destroy us. The day after the election, the date is 11-9. The exact reverse of 9-11. Now, we can either take that date and mark that date the day after election and destroy ourselves, or we can reverse it and do the opposite and come together. No matter which side wins, come together, because I have news for you. We are so desperately going to need each other through this. And if we keep dividing and keep falling into anger, we're not going to make it. Now this. Growing concerns, global central banks' commitment to super low interest rates, asset purchase programs. It's going to come undone. We are playing a game where money is propping up the markets. It doesn't make sense. This time, it's not different. The Fed's internal memos all mark that it's not different. They know it. A recession in their own internal memos say, if a recession hits, we need to print four trillion dollars. We're already headed for a recession. I think we're already in a recession. Okay, four trillion dollars. And they say that they don't know if that will work 
Well, what happens after we print $4 trillion? Your money is, we all had plenty of money, but there was nothing our money could buy. Remember that? Call Goldline, 1-866-GOLDLINE, please. Find out if gold or silver is right for you. 10% of what you have in something tangible and an actual asset that has been the gold standard, call it for that for a reason, for 5,000 years. Goldline, 1-866-GOLDLINE, 1-866-465-3546, 1-866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. Glenn Beck Program. Triple eight seven two seven back Mercury. So glad that you are um, so glad that you are here today. Um, we have an amazing special. Uh, this is premiere week for the Glenbeck uh, program. We have some great shows this week and next week. We have brand new shows um, and uh, totally different than what we have done in the past. Tonight is a special on nine twelve. Two stories, two people you have never met before. One was up on the World Trade Center up in the 70s, I believe, up on the floor 72, I think. Um, He saw the plane's wing rip into the ceiling of his floor. Um, He saw the jet fuel coming down. Um, He almost didn't make it. He came down the stairs. His wife, he was, I think, in the north. She was in the south tower up in the 70s. Um, He got out uh, just as her tower collapsed. Um, hear the full story, unbelievable story. Um, and then another guy who, if you see the picture of the plane in the Pentagon, his office window is the window right at the body of the plane. The window on the other side of the body of the plane is, was the bathroom window. He had left his office, gone to the bathroom, got out of the bathroom, turned in the hallway to walk back to his office when the plane roared through the hallway. He was set on fire. Um, everybody in his office died. He thought he was dead um, while he was burning in the hallway. Remarkable stories tonight you don't want to miss. Only on the Blaze TV. Free trial. Just go and get your free trial. Watch it this week and see the things we're doing. New history programs. One is called His Story, and it starts this week at 5 o'clock, I think, on Wednesday. And then next week, there will be two history every week. There will be His Story, and then uh, The Vault also begins. Our archives of history. A totally uh, redone, totally new show. Glenn, 5 p.m., only on The Blaze TV. The Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. The Glenn Beck Program. 888-727-BECK. 
Virtually every serious problem the United States of America faces today can be traced to progressivism. Progressives completely changed American education in the early 1900s, and the educational system has failed us ever since. Progressives changed the way many Americans feel about the Founding Fathers and the Constitution. Progressives infiltrated the government, corporations, entertainment, and essentially took over American culture. Progressives fought hard for and mostly achieved the exclusion of God in public and saw to it that he was absent from education and public policy. As a result, morality has eroded, education has faltered, cities have decayed, and the family unit has been weakened. In 2008, one of the most progressive candidates and the most non-America-centric president in U.S. history made this promise just before the election. We are five days away from fundamentally transforming the United States of America. As those and other Americans blindly cheered that statement, chills went down the spines of millions of others who understood what the fundamental transformation of America meant. Around the same time, Barack Obama's wife, Michelle, was also letting Americans in on another important little secret. Barack knows that we are going to have to make sacrifices. We are going to have to change our conversation. We're going to have to change our traditions, our history. We're going to have to move into a different place. America-loving patriots knew that, first of all, our history can't be changed. History is, well, history. So what was she talking about? Was she signaling that they, as all progressives do, intended to rewrite American history? Would they be attempting to change the way we thought about our history? As for traditions, we didn't want to change our traditions. They mean something to us. We love them as we love the country. And frankly, one doesn't fundamentally transform something one loves and cherishes. Yet, that indeed was the goal of these hardcore activist progressives. Anyone who understood the implications of the incoming president of the United States knew what was coming, felt totally helpless to do anything about it, and many lapsed into utter despair over the election results. Two months later, on January 27, 2009, shortly after Obama took the oath of office, a listener named Ed from New Haven, Connecticut, called in to the Glenn Beck program to share his feelings of hopelessness and being alone. Let me go to Ed in uh, in New Haven, uh, listening to us on WELI. Hi, Ed. Hi, Glenn. Hey, no matter how this call ends, I just want you to know that I respect you more than anybody out there in the news media. Oh, boy. And, uh, you changed my life, for, you know, in a positive way. And I think in God's eyes, that's really one of the biggest things, if not one of the major, you know, one of the only things that, re- you know, really you can do. Wow. Thank you very however, much. However, however. <laughs> yes. Um, I, you, you got a letter yesterday or something about somebody saying they're going to tune out. Yes. Um, uh, they said that they were going to unplug... Because they felt too small, too insignificant, and they couldn't make any difference, and they were just getting angry and frustrated, so they were done. Well, I heard it, and I thought, let me call in. I did exactly that 
the day after Election Day and have yeah. been firm about it up until even this day. Okay. And I thought I would call in and give my perspective if anyone was really interested on it, because it's very amazing, the feelings that I'm getting from doing this, of guilt and also a feeling of uh, half of me says I'm doing the right thing and the other half of me is really making me feel really guilty about it. And I'm yeah, wearing very... the gamut of emotions. It's really um, a weird feeling. I gave up television, and that included um, all... This is during the Monica Lewinsky thing. All television news and everything, and I just read the newspaper um, and and kept to speed uh, like that, and it was a wild experiment. Absolutely wild. Changed, changed my life, changed my attitude. Glenn continued his conversation with Ed. The problem is today, and I believe this, I believe that we're outnumbered now. I don't believe... We're not. Uh, we're I know not. you say that, and I knew we're you were going to get mad at Damn me. It. I knew Ed. it. We're not outnumbered. For those who had paid attention to the issues during the election, they knew just who Barack Obama was. And they were having an extremely difficult time coming to grips with the fact that the man was now the president of the United States. Their feelings had absolutely nothing to do with the color of his skin. After all, Tea Party members and constitutional conservatives strongly supported people like Alan West, J.C. Watts, Tim Scott, Clarence Thomas, and so many others. Instead, it had everything to do with from where Barack Obama had come. Not the physical location of where he had lived, although even that was noteworthy. It had to do with the people who had influenced the life and belief structure of the person who would now lead the free world. As has been well chronicled, Obama had been raised, educated, and mentored by extreme leftists, Marxists, and even card-carrying communists. Yet, anyone who mentioned their profound concern about it was labeled a racist. In light of all this, after the call from Ed, Glenn further explained what he believed so many were feeling. Everybody's telling them you don't matter, you don't count, it doesn't make a difference what you say. You'll never understand it. Don't worry, we'll take care of it. Most people have just, they're tired. They're tired. They're tired of fighting for what they, Why are you so pissed at the Republicans? Seriously, why are you so pissed? May I vocalize what I think you're thinking right now? Think about it. Why are you pissed? I mean... Not just disappointed, pissed. I believe what you're thinking right now is the same thing, reason why I'm pissed. Because I invested a lot of my time and my energy. I never went campaigning for anybody. I never, I never put campaign signs out. I never made calls for anybody. But I defended these people. I, I would be at parties with, with people and people would come up and say, Oh, your guy is just blah, 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 blah. And I'd defend them. I stood up for them when it wasn't easy to stand up. We, many of us have been the pariahs of society, be calling racist, bigot, and everything else. And you do this? You have taken my time, my energy, my passion, the, 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 the essence of who I am and what I believe in, and you've done this? That's why I'm so pissed. How dare you? I believe 
in something. You don't. And to the millions who felt completely alone, Glenn reminded them who stood with them. Here's who you're not feeling and you're not realizing is standing by you that you are surrounded by. Anyone who actually listened to their grandparents. Anybody who actually listened to their grandparents knows what this country is. Knows who we are as Americans. Wants deep inside of themselves. Wants that to be true again. Why did we vote for change? We went like zombies to somebody saying change who didn't really define it because we know what that vision of America is. It's not socialist. It's an America that is good, is kind, is fair, is gentle. That's what we all learned from our grandparents. Still, knowing the stakes were higher than they'd ever been, and after having battled against Saul Alinsky tactics and community organizing skills, like no one had ever seen before, so many Americans on the right were simply worn out, exhausted, bruised, and battered. Glenn let the audience know he could certainly relate to all of that. If you unplug, if you don't stand up, if you don't square your shoulders and say, damn it, I got to do it again. Do you think I really want to do this? Do you think I want to be this guy? Do you think I want to be the guy who was called crazy for two years, was told by almost every damn program director in my chain, shut up or we're going to cancel the show? Do you think I want to be the guy that watched my ratings go down for two years because of what I was saying was coming in the perfect storm? Do you think I want to be the guy who gets calls from people in this industry that I respect? Really, truly respect and say, Glenn, you're killing yourself. What are you doing? Stop doing this. Do you think I want to do that? Do you think I get up every morning and say, gee, another fun day at the factory? From this moment on, as those of us who know him best can testify, Glenn Beck became obsessed with revitalizing conservative, constitutionally-minded Americans and helping them understand that they weren't surrounded, it was the other way around. Both on his Fox News program and on the radio, he devoted virtually every waking moment to exposing what Obama, Soros, and other progressives were doing to this nation so that he could wake his fellow citizens up and help them to become active. He lost sleep and he lost friends over it. He was attacked from virtually every direction. His life was threatened. Media Matters, MSNBC, and others seemed to exist just to try to destroy him. So, with emotion welling up, he summed up the call that started it all this way. I know it's hard. I know you're tired. But I will prove it to you. You give me a couple of weeks and I will find a way to prove it to you that you are not alone, that there are more of us than them. You just don't hear from your kind of voice because nobody wants to give them any airtime because 
your ordinary. Next time, the birth of the 912 Project. Values and principles. Glenn Beck. It is the anniversary of 912 um, today. This is the anniversary of many things. This is the anniversary of the march in Washington um, that six months before I had given what was what we just did. Um, and then I went, and I think you'll hear this tomorrow, the birth of the 912 Project on Fox, and I said, here's what I'm going to do. I know where I'm going to be in six months. Where are you going to be in six months? And people took that and said, we're marching in Washington. Today is the anniversary to remind that not a lot has changed. It's amazing to me because I didn't put this together. I had nothing to do with this. Pat wrote this, and, and um, as I'm listening to it, was anybody else struck with that could be today? Everything I said yes. yeah. is not five years old? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's amazing. Or seven. It's been seven years. Yeah, it's been seven years. And, and we could be saying all of those things today, today. Because we're getting the same sort of feedback. And the advice people. is exactly the same. Shut advice. up. Stop it. Just come together. Just uh-huh. come together. And, and the advice on the other side, as you were saying, shut up, sit down, be quiet. You don't matter. You do matter. You do matter. And you know what is right. You just have to have the courage to do it. And that is hard. Maybe you've been out of work for a while. Maybe you live in Louisiana where you've had a flood. Maybe you remember what it was like after 2008 when the stock market popped. Maybe... You tried to sell your house for a long time, and it was eating you alive, and you couldn't sell it, and you know what it was like going to the grocery store. Being prepared and self-reliant is not just about, hey, I've got to go hunker down in a cave someplace. When it comes to your food supply, it means, it means this. I grew up in a family that wasn't rich. We owned our own business. And we had milk, and my father believed in, you know, only the best products, you know, real butter, real cream, everything else in his products. But we had powdered milk at home because we couldn't afford the real milk. That's really food supply. What do you have in case things get tough? My Patriot Supply is offering a four-week food supply right now for only $99. That's 140 adult-sized meals. 140 for $99. Now you're saving 54% off the regular price. It lasts up to 25 years, and it's not just in case things go crazy. It's in case you hit tough times. Call 800-200-7163, 800-200-7163, or preparewithglenn.com. The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This, this is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury.
You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. So we're redesigning our studios uh, upstairs. Uh, the Blaze is moving into a whole new section of this building. We have like 80,000 square feet, and so they've been remodeling upstairs. And we have these big concrete floors, and they sealed them with something. <laughs> uh, over the weekend, and we are so wow, happy to be here. There. Oof. Yeah, that's that's a lot. This a sealed it's studio strong. with its own air conditioning handling. Did they seel it with heroin. I mean, I don't. <laughs> I don't know. You feeling they... a little happy? Yes, I, I, I yeah. can go on record as saying it's not heroin. <laughs> I will also say it's a little weird that you're doing this at a time when we've got what a week left to be in business, and then no, it's over. Um, no, yeah, they, uh, you're right. Yeah. It is this this coming we're Friday. We're done. Friday, yeah. we're, we're closing up shop. We're done. So according to somebody, <laughs> whoever, I uh, forget. The Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. Wouldn't it have been a wonderful thing if last week you thought, you know who I should put in my FanDuel lineup? Uh, Carson Wentz. Yes, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles are back. And also, no, and also FanDuel is back. What are you talking about, Glenn? I don't know. Glenn's blabbing about something with his mic off. I don't know. Uh, but I will tell you this. FanDuel is back. And uh, you, we want to talk about how uh, just watching football on the screen brings so much joy to my life. Uh, but then in addition to that, you've got FanDuel, who you're talking about all sorts of new contests they had this year. If you, if you never wanted to play FanDuel because you were afraid people like me would take all of your money, uh, they've got these beginner contests now where you're going against other people who just started. They also have uh, leagues you can do with your friends over the course of an entire season, which is a really cool thing. And Sunday's uh, million-dollar contest paying out, I think, up to $2 million, 200000 just for first place. Uh, have uh, the fantasy football, everything that fantasy has to offer. Get five free entries at FanDuel.com, promo code Stu, FanDuel.com, promo code Stu. Void, we're prohibited. So what do you... Hello, America, and welcome to the basket of the deplorables. Um, we are so glad that you are uh, you're here. Um... Today, I want to take you through some of the things that have been said over the weekend, some of the high points and low points of this uh, election this over the weekend. I'm going to talk a little bit about Hillary's health. Um, but I also want to talk to you about something that I think you need to see, a perspective on 9-11 you've never seen nor heard before. We begin there right now. Entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Hello, America. Welcome to the program. It is 9-12. This is the four or fifth anniversary of... Is it the fourth anniversary of The Blaze TV? I think it is. We're starting a brand new season tonight on uh, The Blaze for my show at 5 p.m., I have been wanting to do this, really, for the last five years, but we have not been able to uh, do it and uh, had to change some uh, things, change some staff, and bring some new people in to be able to help me rework everything that we're 
we have been doing. I've been saying this forever. What we're doing is not working. It's not right. It's not, you know, it's not connecting with. I can't sit there every day and tell you exactly the same stuff. Here's the trouble. I can do a chalkboard show, and which we are going to on the alt-right soon, uh, and lay it all out and say, here are the connections. Here's how it's all working. Here's what no one else will tell you. But it is incumbent upon us to be able to um, find a way to teach things to your children and to teach things to you that you didn't know that are important pieces of... Um, of the puzzle. And it is, as we've learned from this last election, it's not enough just to tell you um, the Constitution, the Constitution. It is more important to talk about the principles and the values that we are all searching for. What is it that we are, that we've lost, that we're losing? So we are going to uh, do a couple of things. Tonight is a special um, Premier Week happens to be kicking off with a uh, special uh, of 9-11. Two voices that you have never heard before. Um, one is a man who uh, was working at the Pentagon. And his office, if you look at that picture of that day and you see the, you see the airplane in the side of the Pentagon, you'll see one window right on the edge of that fuselage, and then on the other edge, you'll see another window. That was his office, and then it was also the bathroom. The bathroom was next to his office. So his office and then his secretary's office and everything else was in between those two windows. He had left his office, The World Trade Center had already been hit by both planes. And they were watching it, he and his staff. They got a phone call. His assistant, her daughter called. She said, Mom, I'm worried about you. You got to get out of the Pentagon. She said, Honey, I'm okay. Please, Mom, get out of there. They hung up the phone. She said, I'll see you tonight. They hung up the phone, and they all decided, we're in the safest building in the world. He said, I'll be right back. I have to go to the bathroom. He walked out down the hall, went into the bathroom, washed his hands, came out, was about to to turn left to go back to his office when really right in front of him the fuselage of an airplane came plowing through. It was obviously on fire. The wings were leaking the jet fuel. Um, He was sprayed with flaming jet fuel, covered his body. Um, there was sound and smoke and fire. Um, he said it didn't help that I would stop, drop, and roll because I was covered in jet fuel. He said I didn't know which way to go. I, 
Everything was smoky and I was seen through flames. He said, I finally just laid down and I surrendered. And I said, Lord, please just take me now. He survived. The people in his office did not. He believes he was saved for a reason. Hear his story tonight at 5 o'clock, along with another man from India. He's a guy who grew up in India, and his wife um, also grew up in India, but she was born here in the United States of America. They met each other overseas, and they got married, and they decided if we want to start our life together, the place to do it is America. And they understood the American dream, unlike most Americans even understand the American dream. It's not to have the beautiful house and car. It is to have the opportunity to be whoever you wanted to be. Make your own way. They came over here in February of 2001. Neither of them had a job. They were both financial people. So the first thing they did is they went to interview. His wife was first to get a job. She got a job, I believe it was in the South Tower on the 74th floor, I think. He then got a job in the other tower. He was up on the 71st floor. He went to work at the World Trade Center just a few weeks before 9-11. He said his office looked over the Statue of Liberty. He said they were so busy pursuing money that they had both fallen into the trap just in a short period of time coming over here, moving to New York City, moving and living and working in the financial district, being caught up now that they are working at the top floors of the World Trade Center. That at about 8.15 that morning, he wrote to a friend in New Jersey and said, I am sitting here at my desk at this amazing building looking at the Statue of Liberty. I cannot believe my life. But I am so empty inside already. God has got to slap me across the face and wake me up or I'm going to lose my way. I shouldn't be pursuing money. God slapped him across the face. Within an hour, he saw the wingtip slice the roof, the ceiling of his floor open. He said he could see the fuselage. He saw the plane coming towards the building. He also saw the plane hit his wife's building. Neither of them could reach each other. He went down to the 50th floor and he said to a friend, I've got to try to get a call out and I'll never get a call out on my cell phone. 
I think I'm past the fire here. He stayed on the 50th floor and he said, if you happen to see my wife, tell her I'm on the 50th. His friend got down to the bottom floor and looked at a firefighter and said, my friend is still up on the 50th floor. He's trying to make a phone call for his wife who's in the other tower. Please, if you go up on the 50th, will you please tell him to come down? That firefighter, as he was going up the stairs, stopped at 50, opened up the door and said, I don't know if anybody is here, but if you're trying to make a call to your wife, your friend is downstairs and says he's very worried, you've got to leave now. He said he heard the door close as the fireman went up the rest of the stairs. He made his way down. Just about at the ground level, he thought there was an earthquake. He didn't know what had hit. And then he saw the dust of his wife's building. He has completely changed his life. I went home after talking to him and I said, Honey, I don't think I've ever said this about anybody I've ever interviewed or anybody I've ever talked to, but I'd like to go have dinner with him and his wife. When you hear the full story tonight, uh, you've not, it's a great way for you to introduce your kids to what it was really like on 9-11. Don't miss it at 5 o'clock. It's premiere week of my television show, Glenn, at 5 p.m. Then tomorrow, we're doing uh, The Think Tank. Is that tomorrow? And then Wednesday, that's a brand new show where we, that'll usually be on Mondays. And that is um, going to be a show where we talk more, we talk about the news, but also more about pop culture. And uh, I've realized that if we don't get into culture, if we stay in politics, we're doomed. You've got to be in culture. And so we talk about culture and the news of the day. Uh, then uh, this coming Wednesday is his story. And we start with Edison and Tesla. Stories and more importantly, the lessons of these people's lives. And I don't tell the, necessarily the whole story of Edison. I focus on one portion of these people's lives, one thing that I got from their life, uh, and tell you about that. What are the lessons that you need to learn? That is on Wednesdays, his story on Wednesdays. Uh, next week, we will also premiere a new show called Vault. And... Um, uh, this is where we keep all of the collectibles that we have, over 8,000 items that we, that we even have um, filed. There is still probably another 1,000 that have not even been filed yet. Um, but 8,000 historic items all kept in a vault. And we pull them out about five at a time to tell you the stories again of history 
but with a purpose, values and principles. All this week, I think, and next week, you're going to see the new shows, and I think you're going to love them, and I think you're going to um, really like watching them as a family, only on the Blaze TV. Check it out. You can uh, subscribe for free if you'd like uh, by going to theblaze.com slash TV. Sign up for a trial period, but make sure you're watching uh, tonight and all this week only on the Blaze TV. And now this. Medical identity theft, growing problem now. Scammers take your stolen driver's license and your health insurance card, and then they obtain surgeries. You wouldn't think somebody would scam you out of a surgery. Uh, They fraudulently obtain surgeries, prescription drugs, expensive medical services, and they bill it all to you. They even use the hijacked identities to sign up for Medicare. Clearing your record is a long, complex, and nightmarish problem. So what do you do? First thing you do is you invest a little bit of money um, to have proactive theft protection. That's why I have LifeLock. They scan hundreds of millions of transactions every single second. If they detect your information is being used, they send you alert. By the way, are you having open bypass surgery today? Uh, No, that's not me. Okay. If they see something or if they find something, they help you clean it up. And that is the really important part. It's a U.S.-based agent that is assigned to your case to help get this off of your record because it's almost impossible for you to do by yourself. Memberships start at $9.99 a month plus sales tax. Go to lifelock.com or call 800-440-4936. Use the promo code BECK at 10% off your LifeLock Ultimate Plus membership. The promo code again is BECK, Not going to listen to it. Right, because you don't want to know the truth. But no, come on, pal. You're joking, right? I am not joking. Oh, my gosh. We are... I'm not joking. Pat. Welcome, Pat. She does not have a body double. Yeah, she, well, you know she does. Oh, you know she does. They all do. They all have body no, doubles. That's, no. not, that's not something evil, necessarily. No, a body double is... A body double is not like that. A body double... This, that, a body so they're double using their so, body double right now in this crisis or whatever. So right. a body so you know, a presidential detail has a body double, mm-hmm. somebody who looks vaguely like the president. So if you're seeing them quickly, you, you're confused for half a second. It's not somebody who you know looks 
almost identical. Well, Hillary's been doing it long enough that her body double would look almost identical. Well, sure, they've done. There's only one surgery. Can tell is he the really believes in the body double. No, I don't. Well, listen. Yes, he does. Listen to this. One hour. <laughs> one hour before. Okay, she leaves this 9/11 right. ceremony. She has a seizure. I don't know what that was. Almost out for the count. Goes down to the point where everybody around her, Secret Service, aides, everybody's grabbing onto her. They lift her into the van. They drive her to Chelsea's house, which is where you go when you've had a seizure. Of course. Yeah, you don't go to the hospital. You go directly to to your daughter's house, which is brilliant because your daughter is an amazing... Well, you don't to go to better. Hey, what the hell is to, that? You don't go to the hospital you because the, the hospital. hospital will say, you know, will cause all kinds of problems for you. Yes, especially well, if it's not a big deal, right? I mean, if they know if that they, she that is, was a if big they, deal. For instance, wait a minute, yes. it's a big deal. Wait a minute, and you know it. Wait a minute, I you agree know. with you. Okay. I agree with you. But let's before we get to invasion of the freaking body snatchers. Let me finish. Hang on. Thank you. It was a big deal, but not if you have, if she really did have pneumonia and she knows she's just passing out. The doctor's like, you've got to take a break or you're going to pass out. You're going to be very, very sick. You're going to pass Okay. okay, near so, Chelsea's place. Bring me over. There. Oh, bring me to Chelsea. Oh, they bring her to Chelsea. That's not the part that drives me, that, that has me I know, set I know. off like this. So she comes out of Chelsea's house, shakes hands with somebody at the doorway, comes out of the doorway. Practically dances out of the door. She doorway. is completely alone. Nobody's around her. No Secret Service. Now I know they've got the area cordoned off. That's it's not a security However, issue. Though. It's a health issue. She'd be completely alone with nobody around to grab onto her. An hour ago, 20 people are surrounding her. Yes, when one hour ago, she's got a full detail lifting her into the van. Now she's completely alone. But the reason that... Now they're not even concerned about an episode. Now Hillary's so good, she can skip and dance and do ballet. It's not that they're not... Come on, something's wrong there. It's no, here's what it is. wrong there. No, there's not. What is it? It's not a body double. Here's what What it is. is. Here's what what it is. She's up there, and they're like, Ms. Clinton, are you going to make it to the van? And somebody is saying, if she's not, I have to make it to the van. Okay, well, let's have so-and-so walk with you. Absolutely not. We're concerned that you might plant your face in the sidewalk. I will make it to the van. Absolutely no, not. They don't take they that sent chance. her out. Yes, they do. No, they if don't. She, yes, they do. They don't take that chance. She would. The Secret Service. Chance. The Secret Service is is nobody's ten yards in, around her. Right. Nobody's with the Secret Service. That is not their job as a candidate. And you've got terrible walking pneumonia and right. boogie flu or whatever this right. is. Right. And you invite a little girl over and breathe all oh, over her, touch her everywhere. This to you. Come on. The body double. Come on. Yes. You're listening to the Glenn Beck program. Mercury. Glenn Beck program. I'm glad you've seen you've shown your 
Globalist colors, finally. A body double? Yes. You're really on a body double? It's, it's a body double. Jeffy and I know the truth. And no, come on. Now, and, and, no, wait, 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 wait. Thank you. Yes. I want to be serious. So do I. No, no, come on. What? What? No, look at me. Take that that smirk <laughs> off your face. No, you're making me I, I know. Now. I want to know. Yeah. Do you really? I think it's highly suspicious. It's, it's, oh, wait, what? what is suspicious? The fact that one hour before... She's helped into a getaway van. Helped? I mean, she's... I mean, she is carried. Yeah, it was like Let's a face rescue it. attempt. Yeah, she I agree was, with that. She was going down, yes. right? We all, we're she, all... No, she wasn't going down. She was... It was she weekend was at Bernie's. Down, yeah. She was the down. best way to describe it is weekend at Bernie's. She was down and she was carried into the van. Scary. It honestly it looked like a horror film. Yeah, it was, it was she, bad. It, it was the, horrible. It looked like... It, it, was, it looked like no. Taken. Or take, <laughs> it looked yeah. like Taken. Yes. That's what you expect yeah. to happen when your you know, 18-year-old daughter goes to Europe and is kidnapped. She's got a roofie, and all of a sudden a van pulls up, and she's scooped into the van. That's, That's what it looked like. Yes. One hour later, she's perfectly fine. She skips out of Chelsea's apartment. She's doing ballet routines on the sidewalk, and nobody's within 20 yards of her. Playing hopscotch. Why is that suspicious? Because you would have Secret Service there, or an aide there, or somebody. No, you would do the exact opposite. You would do the exact opposite. You'd want to do the exact opposite, but for health reasons, you're talking about the potential president. And because you're talking about the potential president. face plants... That yeah. that's the end it's of it. Over. If she it, it, that's over, end. this is it's the exact over. conversation that it's I can, over. I can guarantee you, this is exactly the I conversation mean, that they were having. That's risk big, lose it, really big. It, it it's it over if she. If hang she on, falls. just a second. No matter it's how good. sick or not sick. Can you guys pipe for a second? It's also the other side would be saying the same thing. I'm not sure how to pipe. Or do you know how to pipe? I pipe down. I do know. <laughs> It's the, 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 the other side would be saying the exact same thing. What? If you do not go out after that, that um, Mrs. Clinton, I just want to show you the video one more time. Yeah. It was weekend at Bernie's. You cannot let that be the last image of the day of you. Right. You, we've yes, been I agree saying, with that. I'm sure you've that, got to I'm go sure out there and you can't have, then somebody else will, well, let's have somebody within five feet. No, she's got to walk out completely independent you suck it up, girl, and you get to that van and dance on your way if you have yeah. to. I can guarantee you that's I, what that was. I totally agree. I, I actually think she's. I don't the think one. you take that chance. She's that's the one pushing risk. that. I agree. She's the one pushing Ooh, that, and she big. has the. She also has the power to say, "Screw you guys, stay away from me." She knows that she, that's, that video out there makes her look so bad. So she wants to come out and just like she did when the balloons were falling at the convention, she overacted and was like, "Whoa, look at all the." Remember that video? You're yes. supposed to be surprised. So, right. so here she is again, trying to make the point: I'm completely fine. I'm healthy. I'm vibrant. Look at me. And so she overacts it, and she's like, "Hey, everybody!" She's dancing around. She's she. I believe you know. She's like she is adopting over, a child. Yeah, she did adopt a child. She did adopt a child out in front of the, the apartment, which is nice. She did the whole she did the whole thing. Uh, you know, you guys make a good. You guys do make a good case for that, Glenn. But you also inside your case of of her. Coming out and skipping is the case to be said that they're not going to let it happen and the body double will do it. <laughs> body double will do so it. So now, so wait, so yes. I, I think Thank this you. is a reason. Yes. Wait, wait, wait. I think up until the body point, about double point, it's a perfectly reasonable, absolutely happened conversation. I do too. Yes. Then you guys go to a body double? And yes, that's no not way. such oh. a stretch. We know they all have them. They don't use Not it for that like that, reasons, but they all use them. But 
the the risk. The, the risk is too high to me. I, I mean, disagree. If, the risk if of using a body double. Right, that's low. Let's do the safe way and use a body double for a candidate. <laughs> it's worked the whole time. What do you mean it's it has. It's worked the whole it time. Has. If, it, if she's a body double. They've been using if, it the whole time. If they've been using a body double, then they use a body double? Well, yes, of course, <laughs> but they don't use a body double. They've already set the precedent right. to. Where? Where? Thank you for talking down to me, but they've set the precedent <laughs> that it works and that they fooled Wait, the American right. people when? this when? time. When? Wait, when did that happen? No, I don't know when. The whole campaign, she's ill. She's sick. So wait, Something's so wrong. Wait, so every time we... Wait, 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 wait. It would wait. not have been the first time so Wait, you're missing, you're missing an important piece of fact, and that is when have we... When have they used the body oh, double before? I don't know the- that. That's the point of using a body double. <laughs> if we go back and look at the footage, if we go this back is the, the circular point. logic yeah. Yeah. of conspiracy theories. <laughs> I okay. I th- the risk of sending Hillary out after that episode is too great because if she falls, it's over. If she. Uh, if she stumbled. doesn't, it's if over. If she falls, it's over. If, if, you send out, if you send out two guys around her somewhere, just in case, people will speculate, people will wonder, but people won't have... Uh, they won't have the impetus to end her campaign. Right. If, if she, she falls, it's over. If she falls and is caught, it's over, over too, though, isn't it? I mean, I, she, yes. she, if she falls yes. twice in the same day and gets caught... I don't know. They can over. make the same... Well, she overheated no. again, or uh, she was no. feeling faint. Yeah. I don't know. Because, I mean, here's I the thing. Here's how... Look, this, 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 was, this was catastrophic for Hillary Clinton. This, yeah, this it was. breakdown was catastrophic. Especially and, with the talk about it already. Oh, because, because the talk about it already, and they kept saying it's a conspiracy theory. Well, now... Pat Gray, who I've known and is I've always felt was a pretty reasonable guy, <laughs> believes the Clintons are using a body double and have through the campaign. Well, I'm believing well, it's possible. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I don't know that I say definitively <laughs> it is, but I I think I'm willing to say definitively it I'm not. isn't. I'm just not. I, I think I think it's possible. Okay, okay. It's so possible. a reasonable person, because of the smoke screen that they have put up. Yeah. Over the last two years yeah. of her being the world's healthiest person in the world, and it's a conspiracy theory. Look at the coughing fits over a nine-month and period we know, of time. Gonna hurt now all of a sudden she's got pneumonia? Right. Shut up. We know that that's she's her. She's had pneumonia right? then for stumbles, a really long time. She stumbles and falls and coughs and stuff. We know that's her. Yeah. Right? Wouldn't she have hasn't a- had a press conference, right? I mean, she hasn't gone out and actually talked. So we have to. Look, we'll go back and look at the footage of the times you, when she's just fine. I am yeah, moving I my chess piece, and I know because I, I look. I have no idea what's going to happen in this, but I'm moving my chess piece back into the column of I think Trump could win now because of this. Because this is just so horrible. However, I oh, want to hedge that and so. say I want to hedge that and say I think for the Democrats this might actually help her with her own party because people will be like, oh man, maybe if I vote for her. She'll be so sick she can't do it. And Tim Kaine's pretty good. Mm, I mean, maybe. you know, Tim Kaine, at least he's not corrupt as garbage. At least he's, you know what? I'm willing to try something new. I don't want to, I wasn't going to go out and vote for her, but now maybe I'm voting for Tim Kaine. I think this might actually help her with her own base because the people who are going to vote for her anyway, 
I mean, like, like a little death is going to stop you from voting for the Clintons if you were already in? Yeah. <laughs> well, it, isn't a plausible explanation for this. She wakes up, she's sick. She says, I have to go to this 9-11 thing. They say, well, you're pretty sick. Maybe you shouldn't go. Everyone's talking about my health. I have to go. I can't yes. show up to a 9-11 event. Yes. So she forces herself to go there. In the middle of it, realizes she's in serious trouble. They, I got to get to the van. You got to get me out of here. They think the, uh, the, the stupid, um, uh, the, the camera is not going to be there. So they, they're thinking, ah, oh, no one's going to know. The stupid media isn't going to ask questions. So we'll just, we'll skeet out of here. We'll say, I didn't feel so well. I had to leave. They didn't know that they got caught. Then they, they realize they get caught. So she comes out like she's the, you know, the. Totally reasonable. But again, uh, fainting. But she's had a miraculous recovery. But fainting is not a long-term illness. I mean, I've fainted before in my life. Five minutes later, you feel completely fine. Mary has significant seizures. She doesn't, my daughter, she doesn't even know where she is for five minutes. She's completely, Mm -hmm. she's completely out of it. Um, But, you know, half hour later, an hour later, she's totally fine. She's totally fine. So even if it was seizures, if it was pneumonia, suck it up, girl. Yeah. You can get through a couple of I will of say, you could probably give her, I don't know, an injection of uh, something. Right. To yeah. pep her up a little yeah, bit. Sure, sure. Steroids. Um, monster energy drink. Yeah, monster, <laughs> monster energy. Right, directly into the bloodstream. Yeah, that's right. right. Yes. I mean, so it's, it's plausible. The interesting thing Or is, they uh, could have had a pod and they could have grown a body double. I've seen Invasion of the Body Snatcher. They don't need a pod. But, uh, They've already got the body double. They've been using it a long time. They've been using it a long time. And the, but the reason why that stuff is successful... And, and, I knew it. Right. Matt with his smile yeah, uh, indicates it. it. But it will work with tons of people. And the reason is, is because they lie about everything. Yes. If it was not for that video, That's we what, would still have the, well, she overheated and went home. It was no big deal. If you didn't we have that video, that it would still be... You're a sexist yeah. and, uh, and a conspiracy freak. They would lie and lie and lie. And now the fact that we see her collapse, they have to say something else. Yes. And then disclose and that's why you don't buy, and that's a, why you, a previous diagnosis of, from several days earlier about a pneumonia, which is interesting. And now they're all coming out. They're telling People magazine, well, actually everybody in the, in the whole campaign is sick. They're all dropping over like flies because yeah, of this, this pneumonia. This is the first we've heard of it. Right. And if it's true, Come they on. should have said it days they, ago. But it, they won't. They're incapable of truth. They are, so, they are um, secret hungry. And that's why they I can believe almost everything. anything from them. Right. right. You know? And that's, it does them a total disservice. Yeah. In a time when everybody wants transparency, they come from a world where everything, absolutely everything is kept secret. And so it, it just makes conspiracy theories go crazy, but that has always worked to their advantage. Not only do they keep everything secret, absolutely everything secret, then they turn around and tell you in your face that we're the most transparent in the history of the world. Right, right. right. Nobody's ever been more transparent than we are. We've been hearing that for eight years from the least transparent yeah. president in Barack Obama. And let me give you an exclamation point on that exact uh, issue. Here, David Axelrod. Uh, I mean, he's in the most transparent uh, mm-hmm. you know, administration he's that, ever. He's that guy, right? Yeah. Listen to this tweet. Antibiotics can take care of pneumonia. What's the cure for an unhealthy penchant for privacy that repeatedly creates unnecessary problems? That's what I just said. I mean, that's incredible. That David Axelrod. David Axelrod? I might expect it from Glenn Beck. 
From David Axelrod? That's what I just said. Wow. They keep everything secret, and it causes more problems. And then the next thing you know, you're growing pod people in your basement. Now this. When when historians look back on this economic period, (laughs) they will ask, what the hell is wrong with those people? That will be said by our grandchildren and great-grandchildren and historians. How did they not see this? Did they not know that money doesn't, you just can't print money? Didn't the central banks know that super low interest rates and asset purchase programs will eventually run out of steam and leave nothing but a giant debt? How did this happen? Well, it happened the same way it did in Zimbabwe. It happened the same way it did in the Weimar Republic. It happens the same way over and over and over and over again. People say it's different this time, but it never is. Math is always math. I'm sorry. I know we live in a world now with Common Core where just show me your work, show me how you got there, and that's good enough. But that doesn't work when it comes to actual math. Two plus two always equals four. Buy with confidence now with Goldline's price guarantee program. Goldline. It is right for my family. I'm... I'm, I'm sure it's right for your family, but you're going to have to do your own homework. Don't take my word for it. Do your own homework. 10% of what you have in your IRA or 401k, 10% of what you might have in the bank. Oh, I don't have that much in the bank. You have something. And something is better than nothing. Have something gold or silver that you can actually have in your hand. It is currency. Gold line. 1-866-465-3546. 1-866-465-3546. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if gold or silver is right for you. It's goldline.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. Glenn Beck program. <laughs> no. Love Hillary so much. Go ahead. Yeah, folks. Go, go ahead. <laughs> We're just sure. saying Help there's no body double. Anyway, you've, you've been pushing the Soros agenda since <laughs> day one. Go ahead. Oh, I'm <laughs> telling you. I, you know, look, is the body double thing kind of far-fetched sometimes for real? Yes. Mm-hmm. You watch that. You watch all the different angles of Hillary standing there holding up and she was very sick. Shake There's something crazy. wrong. Yeah, not being was, able to move when she was really walked. bad. I think we've it was been, more than fainting through, spells. We've been through that in my family, and we've had people that tend to be like that. Mm-hmm. What does that no mean? Well, no way do I want that person running for president. <laughs> Sorry. It's just that you're not. Well, well, they could be perfectly healthy, and I don't want someone related to you running the president. Oh, it's not one, but it's a really good point. Um, uh, <laughs> I'm so just you're, are you saying because I don't know whether to believe the pneumonia thing or not? I have no idea whether to believe that or not. How, I mean, how could okay. you have any idea whether to believe? Yeah, I, mean, I mean, you know, no, even the media no, seems no, to be pissed off at this because no, they're being lied to. Not to mention they're in close quarters with this person all the I mean, time. We're actually, you know what? The media, double. screw the media. 
The media put up with lies. We kept saying, when I was on Fox, I kept saying, you cannot do this because the next person, what is the next person going to be like? And look at both sides. They don't care if they lie right directly to your face. My point is not that they're virtuous people in this. It's just that they have hit the point now where even they are being sick, are are sick of being lied to about this stuff. That's why I think. That's, I mean, that's that's why I would start. That's why if I were, I would start pushing Cade. By the way, there's two sources. By the way, uh, I might be too sick to do anything. Two sources. You look at this Kane guy. (laughs) Two sources tied into the DNC um, have leaked statements saying, if Hillary drops out, it will be Biden. Two sources. Really? Like today? today. Now, no, wait wait a minute. If Hillary drops out, what are you talking about? She's got pneumonia. I thought she's fine. They obviously are seeing an opportunity here, or maybe it is as serious as we think. Either way. Because we were just talking about that before the show. It's going to be Biden or Gore. And I think both of them would would do well. Yeah. Right? Probably. I mean, yeah. wow. We are hoping on the... Unbelievable. Woo! Just for the Pat Gray. Unbelievable. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury.